Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Okay, we're good to go here on Dig a Bit number four for our very first month of our study of the ten. And tomorrow night, as I'm recording, tomorrow night will be our podcast. I really hope that many of you will be able to join us live. If you're not able to join us live, then try to listen later on. I really want to encourage you, especially if you're new to the study, to give the study a little while before you decide, wow, this is, a, this is intense and I'm going to throw in the towel, because it's intensity is what sets it apart from many other studies, but also its intensity as far as difficulty is concerned lessens as you become accustomed to the study, and particularly maybe the use of a lexicon. I think a lexicon is so important because, or a Strong's Concordance is what you might call it, is so important because, you know, God communicated with us in words and so it's very important that when we look at our translations we're able to actually see the meaning of the language that God used he was so good to give us the scriptures in Hebrew and Greek both of which are um, fairly locked up languages that is they're uh, no longer spoken languages and so the meanings of the words in our Old Testament and our New Testament have um, been solidified for all time, really. The words aren't evolving in meaning anymore as are our English words. For instance, you think about the word gay. It didn't mean 50, 60, 70 years ago. It didn't mean what it means today. Or you might, uh, there are plenty of words we can think of that have just, transformed from meaning to meaning over the passage of time when a language is a spoken language but we're glad that Greek and Hebrew are no longer for the most part spoken languages and so those the wording in our Old Testament and our New Testament those meanings have been pretty much locked up and preserved for us so we can look at those words and understand what God exactly was conveying when we understand that the scriptures are the inspired or God-breathed words. That's just such a gift for us that we can, can look those up and now we have those pretty readily available both in Uh, book form. We can actually turn pages and find out what words mean and via our programs on the internet or our Bible programs that we can download from the internet. So I want you to hang in there if you can and especially tune in to the podcast for the very first month because the video podcast because there we're going to take a little bit of time to make sure that everyone understands how to use a lexicon. Now, you know, every one of us who started studying the Bible at some point or another looked at the scriptures and said, well, how do I know what that word means? How do I know what that word meant when God gave it to this man who wrote it down in Greek or Hebrew? How do I know what it means? And and so all of us learned 
to use a lexicon and it's at first we were kind of bewildered by it but it doesn't take very long to learn how to use a lexicon and it is a gift that will bless your understanding of the Bible for the rest of your life. So I hope that you'll hang in there at least long enough to learn to use a lexicon. So in whenever you're studying your Bible, you can understand what the meanings of the words in the original languages were. So I want us to look just for an example of this. And let me go ahead and reiterate again that on the video podcast, I'm going to take a little bit of time to show us exactly how to use a lexicon. And you can have a lexicon without investing any money, and we'll talk about that a little bit on the podcast when we have the live video podcast. All right, we're going to look at number nine in our first month study just for a few minutes. I wanted just to make a couple of points about that. It says in studying verse 11 of Exodus chapter 15, and you might not be that far along yet, but if you are, um, go ahead and turn to Exodus 15 verse 11. And it says the phrase majestic in holiness or glorious in holiness literally is meaning God's apartness the fact that he is set apart and then it says that hebrew word for god's apartness is also used in a command given to israel in leviticus 20 verse 7. okay so let's first read exodus chapter 15 verse 11 who is like unto thee o lord among the gods little g there who is like thee glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. Well, the glorious in holiness part is the particular phrase that I wanted us to key in on as we're talking about God's apartness. And the glorious word there means expansive or magnificent just big just huge that's the word for glorious there and the word is adar big expansive magnificent and what is it about god that is so expansive that we can hardly even fathom it well it's his holiness or his apartness the word there is kodesh And it means consecration, sanctification, or apartness, or holiness. And so that phrase, glorious or majestic in holiness, really means totally expansive, totally huge in his consecration, sanctification, apartness. What it's telling us is that God is not just a little bit different from the other gods. He is magnificent in his apartness from all other gods. So then I ask you to look at Leviticus 20, verse 7. And that passage says, Sanctify yourselves therefore, and be ye holy. For I am the Lord your God. So there we have twice the word that comes from Kodesh, 
our root word for sanctification or set apart. And it says, the first time it says, we have to set ourselves apart. And then we have to live apart. For I am the Lord your God. And you will keep my statutes, verse 8, and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies or sets you apart. We have Kodesh here. So we have it three times. If we, th- we have it three times in this short little rendering in verses 7 and 8, do you think sanctification was important for the people of Israel? Well, God says, I want you to do it, and I'm going to do it to you. I want you to choose sanctification and do some things to set yourselves apart. And I then am going to hallow you. I'm going to make you holy. I'm going to keep you set apart. So God has a part in sanctification. And the Israelites had a part in sanctification. As a matter of fact, you notice that these passages, verses 7 and 8 of Leviticus chapter 20, are right in the middle of a whole bunch of commands about the purity of the people of God. It's about people committing sexual sin and commands to refrain from that. It's about homosexuality, verse 13, and commands to refrain from that. It's about incest. It's about all kinds of of sexual purity there, as well as up in verses 4 and 5, those who go after idols of the nations around them. For instance, Molech in verse 5. So this is in the middle of a bunch of really literal commands. And God says, this is, I'm going to I'm going to sanctify you, but you have to do some stuff for your own sanctification. And verses 7 and 8 are right in the middle of a whole bunch of commands about how we have to be in charge of our own sanctification in one sense of that word. So I wanted us then to remember those two words, a daughter, glorious in, or magnificent in, or huge in, and Kodesh. Holiness, consecration, sanctification, apartness from the world. God is huge in his apartness. Well, then I ask you to list some ways that God was huge in his apartness. And when you listed that way that he was different from any other God, then to apply that in your life, to make one thing that you could do to recognize that sanctification in your own life, in your own, setting your life apart from the world. I'll give you some examples from my list. God is a part in purity. So therefore, Colossians 3 verse 5, God's nature is not carnal like man's nature or like any other God's nature is carnal. Molech was a carnal God, an earthly, a worldly God. God is separate from that. He is a part in his purity. And so, therefore, practically in my life, one thing I could do, and there are many, but I can seek to put pure things in my mind all day long every day because I want to be sanctified like God is sanctified. So I'm going I'm to choose pure entertainment choices. Another one that I put down is God is a part in his creativity. Genesis 1.1 cannot be said about any other God. In the beginning, God, Jehovah, created the heavens and the earth. He was the mastermind. His fingers molded everything that we see when we go outside, no matter where you're living in the world. If you're living in 
Hawaii where you look up and see a volcano or if you're living in Colorado where you look up and see ice on a mountain in the month of July or if you're living in Australia in the outback or if you're living in the jungles of Africa wherever you're living on this earth you see God's handiwork and a variety an infinite variety of creative um, evidences all around you God is a part in his creativity so I'm going to speak about that apartness when I talk to people of the world when we're looking at his creation if I'm standing for instance in Huntsville Alabama maybe I'm looking across the beautiful valley of um, when when we cross over chapman mountain coming toward my house and i'm seeing beautiful farmlands and if someone's riding along with me i'm going to say isn't our god good that's a practical application i'm going to make from the apartness of god in creativity i also put that god is a part in mercy psalm 86 verse 15 just describes the hugeness or the adar of God's mercy so Romans 12 then in my New Testament says I beg you by the mercies of God what does it mean that that Paul there says he's begging us by the mercies of God to do well the whole chapter is just pretty much about how we treat each other when we've been wronged and we look at the mercy of God and so it makes us very forgiving people toward those who have wronged us and he closes out that chapter by talking about doing good for those who've done evil to us I'm gonna practice sanctification apartness in that way and then God is a part in his revelation the Bible is the only book that answers eternal needs, questions of origins, questions of ethics. We could go on and on, but it is the only one. His word is a part. His word is sanctified. So that's why I'm doing digging deep. Practically speaking, that's why I'm digging into God's word. That's why I'm studying God's word. And I need to resolve to study it on a daily basis because it sanctifies me because God is a part in his revelation those are just five of the ones that i put but there are just about an infinite number of characteristics of god that you could put down and make a practical application in your own life i wanted us before we leave this topic though to go over to the book of first peter and second peter as it were and and see that there is a sanctification part that is god's part and there is a sanctification way of life that is my part uh, we're gonna write out 1st Peter 1 14 to 16 so if you can turn to 1st Peter 1 14 to 16 we'll look at that first and then we'll look at a couple of other passages in 1st Peter as well as we talk about the twofold nature of sanctification 1st Peter 1 14 to 16 let's go ahead and read verses 15 and 16 first but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or living. That's the, the way of life. In your way of life, God says, I want you to be holy because it's written, be ye holy for I am holy. Well, what is it that we do to be holy? Well, verse 14 precedes that as obedient children not fashioning yourselves or refusing to fashion yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance we don't act in short like the world 
we're going to be different from the world around us because we're going to be obedient. Is God's part in this verse? Absolutely. But as he which has called you is holy, then you be holy in the way that you live. God calls. We respond in faith by living holy lives here on this earth. How does God call us? Well, we go on and see that. How that we are called not redeemed, verse 18, with corruptible things like silver and gold from this other manner of life, this worldly manner of life. But we are called with, verse 19, the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. What set, wow, what set Israel apart on the night of the Passover? Well, it was the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. What sets us apart today as the people whom death is not going to destroy? The precious blood of Christ. That's God's part in our sanctification. But then it says, verse 22, seeing that you purified your souls, you sanctified yourselves in obeying the truth through the Spirit to unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So God is the one who allowed us to be born again. He did his part in sanctifying us. So we have to do some things to not, we're in the same conversation as we began by being obedient children then we have to not walk after the lust of the world around us. And then secondly, in verse 22, we have to, to obey the truth and we have to love our brethren with an unfeigned or a sincere, not duplicitous love. We don't love like the world loves. We don't live like the world loves and lives in lust. And we don't love like the world loves without sincerity. So we are apart from the world in those two ways from this in this passage in 1 Peter chapter 1. There's twofold holiness again in verses 9 to 11 of chapter 2. You are a chosen generation. Well, who chose us? God did. He called us to be born again in baptism, to be washed in the precious blood of Jesus, as we just talked about. But then we live to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that we should show forth the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Verse 10 tells us that it's through His mercy that He called us out of darkness. But then verse 11 has our part. Dearly beloved, I'm begging you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from those fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Don't be like your former behavior, verse 12. But you have been called by God, that's his part in sanctification, that you might live a life apart from the world in both the purity of your thoughts and actions and the purity of the way you love each other. I love that passage because it does show the twofold 
operations of sanctification. God has a part in calling us through the blood of His Son. We have a part in responding and in living lives that are apart from the world. And then I want us to see the why. The whole God gives us in Second Peter, He gives us a reason for this sanctification and why it should be just of tantamount importance to us. We read that sanctification is is paramount to God because it is not just sanctification, but it is Adar Kodesh. It is magnificent, huge, paramount consecration or apartness that God has. So why should it be paramount in our lives? Well, he answers that in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. 2 Peter chapter 3, just a couple of pages over in verses 11 and 12. Let's start with verse 10, verse 9 even. God is not slack concerning His promise. He's going to make His promises come to pass. He's long-suffering to us. He's not willing that any one of us should perish, but but it's coming. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are in the earth will be burned up. Do you believe that? Well, God says that's the why. If you believe that, seeing then, verse 11, that all these things will be dissolved. What things? The things that we, that we touch, the things that we enjoy in, a, in, the, in this world that are material, our cars, our houses, our jewels, our money, all of these things will be dissolved. Then what manner of persons should you be in holy living and godliness. Wow. Holy living. The set apart kind of living. That's what we're going to do if we really believe that everything that we touch and enjoy will be dissolved one day. It's going to affect us in a practical way. So we've come full circle. What I've asked you to do is to look at God's apartness. And then say, how should this affect me in a practical way? Seeing then that everything else besides the spiritual realm will be dissolved in the last day. How then am I supposed to live? Well, verse 13, I'm supposed to live looking for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Verse 14, and that'll be our last passage. Wherefore, because of the things we've talked about, seeing that you're looking for such things, you know the Lord's coming back and you know this is all going to be dissolved. Be diligent so that in that day you can be found of Him in peace. I'm not going to have to worry about the coming of the Lord because I'm going to be found of Him in peace without spot and blameless. Knowing, verse 15, that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. That's the bottom line. I'm going to be apart because my God is majestic. He is much. He is huge. He is 
glorious in his consecration or sanctification or holiness. He is he is bigger into holiness than I can ever even start to imagine or be, but because he's the God I serve and because he sanctified me or called me out of this world around me, I am going to make practical decisions in all of my days to be a part, to be his, to be sanctified. He does a part of it, but I'm called to obey and do a part of that myself. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you are looking for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Let's be called out, sanctified because of the act of God in cleansing us by the blood of his son at the point of baptism. And let's be called out, sanctified because we're making practical decisions based on the fact that we're looking for the second coming. Hope you have a good day. Hope you have a good study this month. Hope you can join us for the podcast.